We need to see that every single Sunday for the next two years. Press the record button. Um, so last week, I know not everyone's here, but we looked at, uh, we were introduced to the Bible's main character that Stan just read about, the Word. He was with God in the beginning, who was God in the beginning, uh, that all things were made for him, that in him was light and life, this is verses 1 to 5, and that this light has overcome darkness. And we were thinking of creation, because it was pointing us back to the beginning, but God proclaimed, let there be light, light burst into existence, overcame the darkness. And John is using light and life as metaphors, or as sort of a double duty, really, of talking about actual creation, but also the start of salvation. Um, using light and life of creation, sorry, over darkness, that's it, to also represent humans being saved from God, uh, by God from sin and hell. We looked at the floodlight of God, bringing light to darkness. So we're moving on from light and life this week. That was last week. And we can talk about three other themes of John. So John in his first 18 verses basically just lays out all the themes he's going to talk about throughout the whole book. So we're trying to get our head around his thinking. So three things we're going to look at today is witness, belief, new birth. Nathan, what did I just say? Witness. Belief, new Witness, belief, new birth, okay? So hopefully you'll have a better understanding of that by the end. Um, so last week we were in the lofty heights of creation. He's so embarrassed. <laughs> the lofty heights of creation, the beginning of all things, the almighty God. And then with a the double meaning of verse 5, talking about being saved, um, we rush forward in time. The earth has taken shape. There's been generations and generations. Uh, history has passed. Nations have fallen. And we zoom in to the nation of Israel, to one man, seemingly insignificant. Um, it's like verses one to five, like a big action scene of a warfare, all explosions and gunfire. And then there's dust. And then one man comes up out of the dust. And it's John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Quite a small, from the massive heights to the small Seemingly insignificant thing, but a little phrase is meant to start us getting the hype. He's a man who was sent from God. That's meant to, ooh, ooh. The God of the beginning has sent this one man, John. And we know it was John the Baptist. Um, now, when you send someone for something, you don't just... Send them for the crack, you send them for a reason. If you send your husband to the chippy, you don't, you expect them to come back with something, they've gone for a job, they've been sent out. So if anyone's ever sent somewhere, they've always been sent for a reason. So this guy, John, has been sent for a reason. He's sent on a mission. What is it? Verse seven. He came as a witness to testify about the light. The light from the verse, first five verses. The light that gives life to everyone who is God himself. John is basically, you see in cities, the guys wearing massive billboards and holding big arrows saying, go to this restaurant, half price drinks. John is that person pointing us to Jesus. He's the pointer. He's the guy who's come ahead of him saying, it's this way, this is him. Jesus is coming. It's the light. He's here. He's the only way to life. 
Um, and like billboards and arrows, you, it's, the person's irrelevant, really. They're pointing to the big deal. They're pointing to the big thing. So I'm going to stop there and tell a story. It's a made-up story. Uh, if you have children, it probably will hit home a little better. Um, just made up. So imagine there's this mum, right? Uh, she has these beautiful kids, three of them, two girls and a boy. She loves them. She's raised them all by herself. Um, she's been working extra, sh- extra shifts to provide for them. Uh, she nurtures them through being babies, through toddlers. She's there helping them through school. She's the shoulder they cry when they lose their friends, when they have little fights. Um, she goes to the football games. She's their biggest supporters. Um, she's helped them through their teenage years. She's been there every day of their teenage years with all the up and downs that that brings. She's given them everything she can. And now they're about 17, 18, leaving school age. Mum gets in a horrible accident. Uh, she had to go, she gets a burn. She has to go to the hospital, get facial reconstruction surgery. She's away from the family for six months. But then it's finally the day has come. She's going back to her family. She's so excited to see her kids again. And she, she's left as a little surprise. She's going to come and see her kids. And she can't wait to see their faces. So she comes, she knocks on the door and the eldest daughter answers. Can I help you? I'm back, it's me. I'm mum. Uh, you're not my mum. My mum doesn't look like you. No, 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 it's me. I know, I've had, I've had the burn. I've had, you know, I just look a little different. They fix my face. Yeah, I, I, I don't know you. You're not my mum. No, we, we used to go to holidays. Have you got a birthmark on the back of your life? No, 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 no. My mum doesn't look like you. You're not my mum. You're not coming in. No, come on. Like, I'm coming in your house. No, 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 you're not coming in my house. It's, this is not your home. You are not my mum. And the brother starts getting involved. You need to get out, get out of this house. This is not your house. Why are you coming into our house? You are not our mum. Our mum's left us. We don't care about her. She's gone. Get out of our house. And he throws her stuff out and he kicks her to the ground. But you're my kids. I love you, she says. But I've already closed the door. The kids want nothing to do with her. They don't care. And that's the tragedy of our passage The stage has been set for the light of the world who created everything and everyone in it to come into the world, to meet his people. He's coming back to his own family. And he sent this guy ahead of him, John, to tell him, look, he's coming. He's got big arrows. He's coming. The Messiah is coming. The one you've been waiting for is coming. But let's just feel the tragedy of these verses from verse six. This is the height. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the big hype moment of the Bible. He was in the world, yes. And the world was created through him. And yet the world did not recognise him. He came to his own. His own people did not receive him. It's like the mother being rejected. This, he created them, he puts breath in their lungs and they're rejecting him. This should have been the happy reunion. In fact, he came to the Jews who their whole flipping religion is reading this book, finding out about who he is and waiting for God the saviour to come and they still didn't know who he was. 
They want God, supposedly, to be their God and his people. And when he finally rocks up, what do they do? They reject him. They kill him. The light came as Jesus. He displayed the God they've supposedly been reading about in this book. And then they nailed him to a bit of wood and they spat on him and they hated him with all their might. Jesus put breath in their lungs and they said, I don't know you. I don't care who you say you are. They should have recognised him as their creator. That's the right response. They didn't. They should have received him as their saviour. They rejected him. Now, we're not Jews, but we are one of his own. We're made in his image. And in fact, we've kind of grown up in a Christian country. We've heard about Jesus a lot. Those of us who have, at least. So we're kind of like them. When the word God is said, we think of the God of the Bible, typically. Um, so the big question of this passage and of today is, will we receive or reject him? Most people rejected him, but will we receive him? I think it's worth saying keeping him at arm's length and him being irrelevant to your life is rejecting him, just in a nicer way. So as we think of will we receive and will we reject him, uh, we make those kind of decisions based on evidence, right? So verse 7 brings up two, two of today's key themes in John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. Belief and witness. Um, Now, if you're in court trying to prove something is true, what do you do? You bring in witnesses so that the judge will believe you. Yeah, that's what happens. The witness comes in. They say, yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Or, uh, no, I didn't honour your honour. I didn't say anything. And he's trying to convince the judge to believe you. And so throughout the book of John, John brings in various characters, brings them into the witness stand to speak about the truth about Jesus. That's what we're going to see multiple times. Um, And the reason why do you bring a witness in is to prove to someone the truth. And so we're like in the judge's position and John's bringing the evidence of some witnesses and we've got to figure out, will we believe based on these witnesses? And the whole purpose John wrote the book is that we would believe. Um, And I wonder, for all of us, we didn't have John the Baptist rocking up being our witness. But I wonder who, if if you're a Christian, who was your witness? Janice was saying to me just before that Kathy Wells, she was the witness to her, showed her about Jesus, said, this is the guy. This is where the hope is found. Um... So the first witness in the book of John is John the Baptist. I know there's two Johns. Hopefully you're not getting confused. John who wrote the book, John the Baptist, different people. Um, but we're not going to let spend too much time on John the Baptist because we get a whole chapter about him in a couple of weeks. Um, so we want to look at why is he a good witness? Verse 6, he was sent by God. That makes you a good witness. <coughs> Um, I don't know if you know, John the Baptist was considered the first prophet in 400 years. The Old Testament's full of prophets. Uh, Malachi, Hosea, all these people. And then there was just silence. 
The word of God wasn't written. There was no one. And then John the Baptist rocked up on the scene talking about the coming Messiah. And in fact, the last bit of scripture that was said was saying it's going to be a guy preparing the way for the Lord. Uh, kind of Elijah type person is coming. And that's John the Baptist. So this is, there's a lot of hype around John the Baptist. Um, he is the one who identifies Jesus as the son of God right from the beginning. He has special knowledge from God of who he is. Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, so the point of witness is for us to believe. Um, and we saw in chapter... Oh, no. Um, sorry. So let's look at uh, verse 7. And if you just see, it's a bit like a sandwich. Um, he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. And then verse 8, the bit, other bit of bread. He was not the light, came to testify about the light. You see the first part of verse 7 and verse 8 are basically the same thing. He came as a witness to testify about the light. And then he was not the light, but came to testify about the light. The point is, he's highlighting the bit in, in the middle. I've just lost the page. Um, so that all might believe through him. That's kind of the highlight of the section. The point of John was to make people believe. And so John the Baptist was a preacher, really, pointing to Jesus, who he was, before he appeared in the scene. And this morning, in a sense, I'm a witness in court to you. You're the judge. I'm trying to point out the truth of Jesus here. I'm saying he's real. He's the, really the word of God. He's the one from the beginning. He's the light of the world. He really did walk 2,000 years ago. He's as real as the floor is standing on. He's in heaven, seated in the throne room. Um, and he wants us to know him and love him and believe in him. And this is why we've been created. It's what satisfies us. Janice was saying, there's something missing without Jesus. He, we've, we've created to worship him. Um, but it's not just me. It's we. We, if we believe in Christ be saved, are also witnesses. So... We can be John the Baptist to our mates. We can be John the Baptist to our family, to our colleagues, to the people at the gym. Not that I go to the gym. Um, we know the truth. We've had it revealed to us. Jesus is salvation. We know it. And like a witness, witnessing a crime, we have witnessed the salvation of the Lord. We've experienced it. So this week, who will you witness to? Who will you witness to this week? Who will you tell that Jesus is as real to you as the chair you're sitting on? It doesn't have to be the full gospel. There's something about Jesus. Some truth that doesn't get spoken of. Maybe it's what he means to you. Maybe it is that he takes away the sins of the world. Um, I think sometimes uh, we maybe pray for opportunity to witness in our lives. But sometimes we don't pray very specifically. If you think about your week ahead, what family member are you going to be spending time with who doesn't know Jesus? Or who are you going to be working with? Who's on your shift this week? Pray that you might witness to that person this week. That's, I found that helpful. Um, we are all witnesses in the stands. Go, and it's great because we're not going to look at us. We're going to look at them. So it helps us deal with our nerves about this because we're just trying to point into him. If they have a problem, hopefully it's with Jesus, not with us.
Um, so our three themes today, which are? Belief and new birth, yes. What is Charlotte? Somebody's listening, at least. So not me. It's all right, you only got up half an hour ago. Uh, yeah, but the, the good thing is they all kind of connect to each other. Um, so the witness comes to make us believe. And when we believe, new birth is the outcome of our belief. So witness leads to belief, leads to new birth. Um, and so let's return to our tragedy. The lasso who's been rejected by her family because she looks different. Jesus has come to earth and been rejected by his own people. And it's horrendous. They did not receive him. But it's not, as we know, it's not the end of the story. Not everybody rejected him. Verse 12. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. So although rejected by most, there was a remnant who believed. Some recognised him. Some saw, this is it. They didn't see straight away. If you know the disciples, they were pretty useless most of the time. But they they got it eventually. And um, we have the opportunity to join them and honour Jesus for who he is. Um, it's only right he created us. We should. It's almost re- irrelevant of what he gives us. We're his creatures. We should recognise him and give him glory. So some followed John the Baptist. John the Baptist, realising he's not a randomer, he's the son of God. And what does he give to the few? There, he, he doesn't just um, say, right, that was good. You've honoured me. See you later. He gives us incredible spiritual blessings. But here, the one that's in line is the right to become children of God. And this is what new birth, it's the third theme, new birth, being a child of God. A new birth is absolutely essential. Being a Christian is basically the same as saying someone who's been born again. They are one and the same thing. Um, And so when a person believes in forgiveness of Jesus, receives him into their life, acknowledges who he is. At that moment, they go through spiritual birth. Even if they don't recognise it, even if they don't realise, it's still happened. We don't always know what happens to us, but it, it does happen. Uh, and our spiritual birth, John's saying, is nothing to do with normal birth. Um, so if you look down in verse <coughs> 13, sorry, I'm not dying. Uh, it's nothing to do with normal birth. Um, it's not to do with natural descent or blood relations. Um, just because your mum had new birth, just because your mum was a Christian, doesn't mean you've got new birth. So it's nothing to do with that. Um, it doesn't come through the will of the flesh, that sexual desire. No, it's not just hormones. It doesn't come about through the will of man, people deciding to have kids. That's not how new birth happens. Um, in fact, Humans have nothing to do with this kind of birth. I think we get that wrong. We think maybe it's something to do with me. I've, I've got my spiritual birth. No, no. It's an act of God. We are born of God. He does everything. He gives spiritual life to those who believe in Jesus. And it's not just a new life that we get. 
But it's a new dad. It's a new father. We become children of the living God. Uh, We get a perfect, loving, faithful dad. And these are kind of facts you learn as a Christian. But you need to be told them again and again. We grow in these things. They mean more to us as we grow. Um, He is a dad who is totally trustworthy and wise. He's fully trustworthy. He's got a room in his house sorted out for us, waiting for us. He's prepared it all. He's much better than any earthly dad we've experienced. Uh, Earthly dads can often be terrible. But God is good and he is the father. And so if you've believed in Jesus, you're welcome into the family of God. And it's a privilege. And so if you put all of our our passage together, um, it's actually ended up describing two groups of people. If you've noticed, there's a separation of two groups of people. Um, And we'll just look at them through the lens of our three themes. There's the group that ignores the witnesses. They do not believe and therefore they remain dead without the life. And they're heading for the just judgment of God. There is the second group that hears the witnesses, believes in Jesus for forgiveness and is born of God, heading for an eternity of joy with Jesus. So the first question to ask when these two groups have been laid out for us is which group are you in? Which group are you in? First group, um, those who rejected him. There's one solution is to believe in the witnesses and what they say about Jesus. And the second group, we're to be a witness as others were witnesses to you. Uh, We're to believe more, to trust him more. And um, to rejoice in the new birth. It's not just a thing that happens we can forget about. It's something we need to seek. Seek our father who has birthed us. And as we go trying to witness and trying to believe more and trying to um, praise God for the um, son or daughter we've become, I think it's helpful to see the world in these two groups. Like you were praying for, people in this town are not in these groups, uh, in in the second group. People have ignored the witnesses. Some haven't heard the witnesses. We need to be those witnesses. Uh, let me pray Father you have um, give, given new birth to sinners like us who didn't deserve it people of darkness who love the darkness but Lord you have brought light you have brought life to us and um, Lord, we thank you for all the witnesses in our lives who showed us Jesus it might have been a friend, it might have been parents, it might have been people on telly or whoever it was, Lord. Um, people have been witnessing to us about the glory of Jesus. Uh, and Lord, we pray we would be witnesses to others. That we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We would just talk about the person who we love and know, who is as real as the floor we stand on. Oh Lord, help us in this. We need your strength. Um, as we come to communion, 
I pray we would um, you just impress these things on our heart that the cost of us coming to you was great the cost of new birth was great uh, pray this in Jesus name Amen